Greetings, disciples of violence and mayhem. How are we all doing? I'm doing awesome, personally. Doing awesome for a couple of reasons. First off, we got another episode of Fightcast for you. Awesome. Second, I am sipping on some delicious True Stone Guatemala coffee. Thank you, True Stone Coffee. And also, I'm very happy because we are now officially a part of Hot Chocolate Media. Uh, those of you uh, who have been listening for a while know that I have a, I had some spooky announcement coming up. But well, here it is. We are partnering with Hot Chocolate Media. And I'm really, really happy about it. Uh, Hot Chocolate Media includes some friends of mine, Kyle uh, Decker and Jacob Gulliver, uh, as well as Ben Lifson. Uh, these guys uh, do the Movie Machine podcast, which we're going to start plugging heavily now because they're our brother podcast. We reach out to them. Uh, yeah, I, I'm very excited about our future with them and uh, could not be happier to have been approached by Kyle and Jacob. Thank you so much. And look forward to doing awesome things together in the realm of podcasting. So expect more content, expect regular content, and um, maybe some bonus stuff. Uh, but anyway, enjoy this episode with Matt Alex, uh, one of my dear friends from uh, Fearless Commerce Productions. He's also one of the, uh, I guess, OGs of uh, Vilification Tennis. Uh, this is all for my Twin Cities listeners especially. You will definitely have, I think, seen something with Matt in it. Sometime in the last couple of years, he's also Jake the Gong Farmer at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival and a member of the Wise Fools Improv Troupe. Uh, I am very privileged to have gotten a conversation with Matt while we were at Renaissance Festival. I really, really hold this guy in a lot of high regard, and I think that he has the ability to teach a lot of people some amazing stuff. And, uh, just, uh, if you have the chance, uh, stop by one of his improv, uh, classes. Well, it's not his. It's Fearless Comedy runs an open improv workshop that, uh, if you just type that into Facebook, you should be able to find it. Anyway, I present to you Matt Alex, but after a quote from Matt Alex. Bombing is good for the soul. Matt Alex. Want to fight? We'll give you a fight. Welcome to Fightcast. Hey there, uh, Fightcast uh, aficionados, uh, fight aficionados. Uh, I'm gonna find a nickname for you eventually. Fight <laughs> There we go. Inside baseball. Um, uh, so I got a very special episode for you today. Uh, I'm here at the beautiful uh, Witchwood Stage uh, Minnesota Renaissance Festival Studios. That is to say, <laughs> the edge of the Witchwood Stage of the Minnesota Renaissance Festival in beautiful Shakopee, Minnesota. Um, to be fair, it is probably the nicest stage because we have a backstage. That yeah. is true. Yeah, so. that, that All is the stages you have a backstage. You, you yeah. actually do have a house and everything. That's so. true. Right. Uh, it's Poor people great. could actually live in this stage. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Why don't we live in the stage? Um, there is a chicken back there. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> yes. That's right. Yeah, yeah, there's an actual chicken, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so I'm taking the opportunity to record here at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival because uh, um, because schedules being what they are, uh, finally I have access to my very, very, very good friend, Matt Alex. Hello! Um, who is a, um, who a, perf- a fellow performer here at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, member of the Wise Fools Improv Troupe, as well as a general street performer, Jake... 
Is it Jake the anything? Jake or the it... Gong Farmer. Jake the Gong That's Farmer. That's the full title that no one knows because who cares? <laughs> exactly. Is, uh, the way I tell it, yeah. Um, but uh, as soon as I started this podcast, I knew that I had to have an interview with Matt because uh, this is a guy who uh, punishes himself uh, to an absurd degree for comedy. And uh, I would love to talk to you about comedic violence, sir. Okay. We can do that if we must. So why is <laughs> tell me in one sentence why is violence funny? Uh, because every kid laughs if another kid falls down. The uh, the the distilled quote I yep. believe is uh, attributed to Mel Brooks. I don't know if that's apocryphal or not. I think it's his. Which Probably is, apocryphal. Um, Tragedy is when I cut my finger. Comedy is when you fall down an open manhole and die. <laughs> um, the, <laughs> he just proved it right yeah, there. Yeah, no, and that's that's the thing though is that like yeah we 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 are hardwired. For Schadenfreude, you know, yeah. um, the if you, if you're self-aware enough, you can enjoy your own pain. Yeah, um, and not in like the I mean, in, you know, but like you know, <laughs> it, it, I'm you can you can get off on pain. That's different. I'm saying you can you can laugh at your own pain too. Yeah. Uh, for instance, in the winter, if I you know walk across a a icy parking lot, slip and fall on my ass and just land flat on my back, and I go, that probably looked like a fucking cartoon. Yeah. I will be helpless with mirth. For 30 seconds, despite my agony, because I'm like, I bet that looked funny as shit. <laughs> because that is, you know, and so like I'm able to step away from it a little bit, which I think probably is part of why I, I, yeah. I do it, because I can kind of picture in my head at least what I want it to look like or what I hope it to look, would look like. Yeah. I will point out, though, that there's the, 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 the quote that I, and again, I can't attribute this one if someone out there is smarter than me, which is everybody. It's yeah. the internet. Um, knows. The other one that I like is a quote that says, um, to make an audience laugh, you have to uh, dress up a guy like an old lady and push her down a flight of stairs. <laughs> if you want to make a comedian laugh, it has to be an actual old lady. <laughs> like, and so, you know, I have that in the back of my mind too, which yeah. is like, you know, which is the kind of the idea of the authenticity in in comedy, physical or otherwise. You know, if you're gonna if you're gonna do a bit, play to the bone, go all the way, which yeah. is again terrible advice. Exactly. You know, I I, w- I want to point out real quick, and this is one of those like, don't try this at home. Uh, if you want to do what I've done and get the laughs that I've gotten, you can just do what I did. Mm-hmm. The way I do things to get laughs is stupid, and yeah. it is harder than it needs to be, and I pay a toll for it. I eat, you know, painkillers, nothing crazy. I'm not, you know, like Mickey Rourke or anything like that. Mickey Rooney? Which one's the one at the... Probably both. Mickey Mouse, that's the, the one. The, the lo- the, <laughs> let's, let, let's go with the less racist one. But, <laughs> I'm still stumped. <laughs> but, but the, uh, no, but the idea, like, you know, I mean, the first thing I do when I get up is I take uh, a couple ibuprofen and some Advil, and then on my lunch break, I do the same. Yeah. And then I get home from work, I do that. And then before I bed, I do that. Mm. That's how I get through a day. Because I've done stupid things for comedy. And that's a day that you're not of... doing stupid no, shit. No, that's just, that's just my day. That's, that's a day just I a baseline day. Yeah, that's, that's my okay. normal day. Yeah. And that's, but that's, you know, and again, like I said, that that is dumb, and there's, there are people right now that have done stage combat. Yep. Or they've done right stage here. shows for years. Yep. And they're like, you're an asshole and an idiot because that's not necessary and I go you're probably right in most cases in most cases yeah. but there are times you go this will look like shit unless we just do it for real mm. yeah and so I would always rather go let's just do it for real you know it's the the idea that like you know well to a degree you know bones heal yeah uh, memories don't if, if your show sucked people will remember that mm-hmm. if you hurt your ass you'll get better yeah. So hurt your ass. Make sure they saw what they hoped to see. Oh so yeah. I, I, I will always take the show's health over my own. It, uh, it as, reminds me a lot of that. Um, 
Gilda Radner skit, mm. I believe, uh, back when she was on Saturday Night Live. And I cannot remember the name of the character because I'm under 30. <laughs> but uh, she had this character where she was basically just a whiny kid. And during... It's going to drive me insane now that I can't think of the name of that. Which, right. I can, had I can you not see built it, it up, and I would have known it offhand. I can hear her talk, yeah. Hannah, but... Uh, no. She basically gets up and smashes her head into the walls and throws a fit, and she actually would knock herself out sometimes because, because it looks better. It's funny. It's it's yeah. probably one of and the again, funnier you know, bits. David is a stage combat guy. Uh, you can do good stage combat. But yeah. that is a thing that can exist. Very few people can do it, including people that are trained in stage combat. Mm. A lot of people that are trained in stage combat do lame stage combat, and yeah. your average person like myself, who is only peripherally aware of that and has had an inkling or two like tips given to him yeah i know i can't i know i can't fake it and make it look good so the only way to make it look good is just you know what just slap me just mm -hmm. slap me it's easier it's faster we're gonna be done <laughs> yeah it's that or we spend two weeks with a fight choreographer to make it look good we don't have that budget yeah so let's just do it you know and i also feel like i've digressed all the fuck over your show so well here no that that's exactly what i had you on here for <laughs> i had you on here to punch up my show to begin with <laughs> Um, but to backtrack, to backtrack, listeners, the reason I had Matt on, and by the way, the uh, the lovelier, uh, less dulcet but more silky tones that you're hearing on this podcast is uh, uh, the lovely Kirsten Waits. I say hi, Kirsten. It's me again. Yay! Indeed, uh, she's <laughs> becoming somewhat of a fixture on this podcast. I can't, Weird. I can't it's like think I'm of a reason why. You when bizarre. you have recording equipment, exactly. Know. You know, it's really weird how that anyway, happens. So, it's like you live with me. Or something, but uh, the, but the reason I'm uh, the reason I'm having Matt on is uh, because uh, if you're local to the Twin Cities, and uh, chances are you maybe. I don't know, um, but uh, chances are you're aware of Matt's work with Vilification Tennis and also uh, Fearless Comedy Productions, but uh, uh, also out here at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, more famously, has Matt been kind of the go-to guy for self-punishment? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was my next question to you. Actually, is uh, Matt? Why? Uh, where did this begin exactly? Where did? Wh when did you become vilification tennis? Which is a rough breakdown insult comedy show. No holds barred. You will be offended. Um, it's a yo mama battle. It yeah, is. It is, it's, it's the show yeah. yo mama. Basically, that that this we is are the, the Elvis that stole your mama jokes from black people. This is the <laughs> this, <laughs> this is the barest distillation I can yeah. give. No, it's it, but it is not it is yeah. not generally a physical comedy show. It yeah, is, it's a verbal battle. But where did it begin? Where you became the guy who was going to put your own fucking skin on the line for comedy? That um, that honestly, I think. Uh, oh god, this sounds so douchey. Okay, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, fuck it. Okay, so like to me though, that has always been to me the the the. Uh, I think it was Dana Gould said it best, uh, which is like his impression of what a stand-up comedian is doing on stage, and he just weeps, pretends to masturbate, and says, "Love me, love me," and I think that is that is essentially what we're doing. You know, Chris Hardwick is always like, "Yeah, we have that particular mental illness that me means we want to have strangers love us," yeah, and that starts young. And so, as a kid, I was the guy that would take a pratfall, yeah, for a laugh. You know, so if. I'm hanging out with my friends on the playground, you know, in elementary school, you know, I, I, if I can go like, oh, wouldn't it be weird if somebody, yeah, I'm that guy, I'll be that weird kid, <laughs> and you know, you go run up the slide, like, no one would jump off that into that snowbank. By the way, listeners, raise your hands right now if you were that weird Odds kid. Odds are pretty good, yeah. yeah. If, you, if you know what a podcast is, you probably were that weird kid. <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, that's the thing, is that you, uh, 
you know, I was I was the guy that was like, you know, the the chronic attention seeker because I, one, I wanted to uh, feel some kind of bizarre love. Not that I was denied it at home. My parents are amazing. You know, I grew up with the Cleavers. Like they yeah. they are like the sweetest, nicest, most apple pie family you can imagine. They fucking yeah. love the shit. I mean, still do. But that somehow wasn't enough because of my, you know, the horrific maw of my ego. Yeah. And so you start seeking it elsewhere and you turn it outward. And then eventually someone's like, theater. And you go, what? <laughs> like, instead of, like, eating a worm for six kids on the bus, I can do this for a theater of 200? And that's what you switch to. At least I did. Because I was that kid that ate weird shit in the back of the bus. I was the kid that, like, would, you know, jump off a big thing at recess to land in a thing because you're like, whoa! And, yeah. like, it would hurt. And the, the weird thing about that more to your point is that like yeah, yeah this, everything hurts everything fucking hurts if people are like doesn't that hurt yes doesn't hurt a lot yeah more than you know more than you can expect mm. like everything fucking hurts I don't feel pain differently which is weird that you have to say that but you do because some people think that like oh well, he doesn't know, you know Matt doesn't feel pain of course I feel pain right of course I do. I when feel you get the, tased on stage, it hurts you just as much as it as, as the next guy. So what you're saying is you're not Wolverine, right? I am. Even Wolverine well, said, "Fuck it, I'm done here." Even yeah. Wolverine, <laughs> when he was asked, "Oh, does that hurt with the claws?" He said, "Every, Every time. time." No, and actually, that's a good metaphor, though, is that I am Wolverine, not Superman. Fucking nerd. No, but that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. no, but that, but, but that yeah. is the thing. I'm Wolverine, not Superman. Yeah. You know, and so, but that's you know, and that's the idea is it's you do it. Ugh, gross. It sounds self-aggrandizing, but it's grit. You do it over. <laughs> sheer grit yeah and so my theory was like yes this hurts but it's worth it yeah and for most folks they go ow that hurts that sucks let's never do this again and I go okay that hurt that sucked let's make sure there's a big enough audience let's make sure I'm getting paid enough let's make sure it's worth it and sometimes you go let's make sure it's funny enough even if it's just in front of a couple yeah (laughs) so um yeah I've done a bunch of silly shit over the years because I'm like god damn it it would be really funny if x and yeah there's a look I've learned to recognize among my, my coworkers, my friends, my co-conspirators, etc., where an idea gets floated in the room for something that would be really funny, and it gets quiet, and it gets real quiet. Yeah. And that's when I look up and realize everybody's looking at me. I'm like, oh, I see. <laughs> I know what's happening now. Either I do this or this isn't happening. And in general, I go, if I think the joke is funny, I say yes. You'd rather you have know? the thing happen. But again, and you know, getting back to the idea of like, yes, of course it hurts. It hurts just like it hurt everybody else. What I always forgets is it doesn't just hurt that day. Like I yeah. said, I, I survive by eating pain pills like, sk- like Skittles. That, yeah. that, is, that is my day-to-day life. And it's a terrible idea. It's a stupid idea. And again... If you are a comedian and you want to do physical comedy, don't do it the way I did it. Do it better. Do it smarter. Yeah. I'm not saying don't try it at home. Just do it better. Yeah. You know, I could have learned from people. I didn't. There were probably people around. I know a lot of really talented people. I never thought to ask. I just went, I can figure that out. Which, you know, if I were learning to be a fire manipulator or (laughs) a sword swallower, I wouldn't just have tried to figure it out. Mm -hmm. But we go, I've fallen down before. I can fall down. But, you know, I've been unable to walk for days sometimes because of a bit I've done. Yeah. Or I've had a good chunks of skin flayed off of me because of bits I've done. You know, I've had... I've got Notice, listeners, how he problems. did use the word flayed. I mean, well, not... Okay, what is the flay implied a knife? Flay implies that skin is taken off of you while you're there to watch. I mean, yeah. okay, I couldn't see it because it was on my butt. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, flambade? Is that the... I don't know. Oh, flambade is a good word okay. for what happens. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. So, it's... <laughs> You know, but it's, it's, it is, it's, I I don't want to make it seem like, um, the consequences are very real. Yeah. And I, I, I literally do not regret anything I've done. 
uh, I both rue and lament them. <laughs> but, but the, you know, the, uh, this is a Futurama joke. Thank you if you got that. <laughs> but, um, no, but it's just, I, 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 there is a toll to be paid. You know, this is why Chevy Chase is a grumpy old man. Yeah. He did a lot of physical comedy. Everything hurts. He's pissed off all the time. Yeah. I'm, I'm not pissed off all the time because I'm not a dick. <laughs> so, like, fuck you, Chevy Chase. But, but, but yeah, like, everything sucks now mm. and will forever because I fucked up my body in my 20s. And now that I'm pushing 40, there's not a lot of going back. Yeah. Right? You know? And so it's just like, well, I made my bed. I'm going to lie in it awkwardly. So what you're saying <laughs> so, is, so what you're saying is that it's good that we got to you now before the dementia sets in. That is probably true. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it accelerates the rest of, of, of aging, but it, it might as well because it's accelerating yeah. everything else. Now, having worked with you on several shows sure. and several different types of comedy and things, um, it does seem like, yes, you are the go-to hurt guy. <sighs> Anytime we're talking about, uh, should we introduce tasers into this? You know, okay. we talk uh, about technically, what those were stun guns. Yeah. <laughs> tasers, staple guns. Ow! Uh, <laughs> she, fire. Listener, she um, actually slapped me. But it, it seems like uh, you are always the go to guy, and are you okay with that? Do you kind of wish that there were more people doing what you did to sort of diffuse the amount of. Things? I mean, I'm at, the, I'm at the point now where I'm old enough. Where we are going to start have to having to find mm-hmm. uh, a younger, dumber guy, and I make that joke now yeah. because um, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I guess mm-hmm. is kind of where we're at. Is just like I, I can do st- uh, um, die laughing. Yeah, this last year, uh, mm-hmm. which is by the way, Fearless Comedy Productions annual fifty-hour comedy marathon. One of the things we did yeah. was you could pay extra amount of money and you can pick someone and get them whacked with a kendo stick. Yeah, <laughs> which was my idea. Yeah, which, really which is a fucking great idea. <laughs> Thank to you. To the surprise of no one, I, I racked up a lot of those. Yeah, you did. Uh, it, was, it came between you and me, I it was, think. It was Tim. me, you, and Tim. Yeah, yeah. It was very cool, which is exactly what you'd expect. Uh, I could barely get out of bed for a week afterwards. Oh, shit. Yeah, really? no, it was, I was, I hobbled like an old man with a walker for days. And uh, I don't think I called into work. Because I don't. Because I feel like whatever I do on stage, I've earned, and therefore I, that's not an excuse for my day job. Yeah. Uh, because, by the way, uh, we all have day jobs because performing doesn't pay the bills. Unless you tip better. <laughs> but, um, God damn it. But no, I, I, uh, no I, had, I had a good, I'd say, week of barely being able to move and not sleeping, and then roughly another three to four weeks of uh, feeling like I'd just been, you know, run over and... Yeah, yeah, and it's just I, I don't bounce back because I'm fucking old, mm. you know. And the, the thing is, like, I used to be able to do all this crazy shit, and you just kind of, eh, we're fine. But you, you know, you acclimate to it. We should, what we should talk about a little bit, probably here, yeah. Still, like, because uh, we're, we're talking about the, the consequences. We should talk about a little bit what I've done. Yeah, I feel like it would make sense. So, yeah, yeah. Um, early, early on, uh, one of the bits was um, we're doing a bit at uh, Vilification Tennis, you know, on the bare stage here at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. Something, something, something. And I, I said some joke that, you know, crossed the proverbial line, which is not... When you see us get mad at each other on stage, that's always a bit. Right. Yeah. And I said something, and I, I can't remember who, but someone just walks across stage and just kicks me in the junk. Oh! Super hard. You're Probably like, Mana. My, my, my bet's on Mana. Yeah. knows before she was in the show. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, and it was the perfect what? fucking comeback, right? Because mm-hmm. it was just like the whole, like, whoa. And then her, like, reaction, like, oh, it might have been Lori, maybe. Yeah. And or Ethel out here. Mm-hmm. And yeah. just... Walks across, just poof, and just punts me in the crotch, and I fall over, and huge fucking roar of applause. Of course. Which I, meant there were three or four years out here where the go-to joke was kick Matt in the dick. Oh, I wore, no, I wore a cup out here for years. Oh, really? Huh. Like a jockstrap cup? Yeah, jockstrap and cup, 
both during and after hours. Really? Because once it became known, like, isn't it funny to kick Matt in the dick at Ville 10? Yeah. Everybody thought it was funny to kick me in the junk. That's really <laughs> shitty. It oh, is. Because, again, of, yeah. it comes back to the whole idea of, like, well, Matt doesn't feel pain. No, Matt feels pain. I feel well, everything well, you do. Because usually once... also, you need to be able to separate an actor from his performance. And again, I mean, Jesus. actors, <laughs> good actors, can. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, when you work in a place that is as large as this, you have good actors, okay actors, bad actors, people that aren't even actors. Yeah. They're just here to do other jobs. But they might have seen your show. Right. And so I, and Porter actually ran into this too, because Porter was another person that did this for a long time. Yeah. Uh, where we wore a cup 24 hours a day out here. Jesus. For three or four years. Because we never knew at what point we would just be having a conversation with someone, either on stage or backstage. Mm-hmm. And someone just suddenly run up and kick us in the junk or punch us in the dick or whatever. Jeez. And it became a whole thing. But that's, to me, out here, that's where that started. Yeah. And so you have that. Um, you have, we did a uh, vilification tennis show at the Brian Lake Bowl. We did a pro wrestling theme show. Yeah. And, you know, we're all coming with pro wrestling theme shit to oh, do. So and I was like, well, someone's got to get hit by a chair. No. He was like, oh, we- my God, that's the best idea. And then, of course, it gets real quiet. And he's looking at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I brought a metal folding chair because I'm, I'm I'm a pro wrestling fan. I don't watch it now, but I'm a big fan. Like, I, I usually speak. A lot of my comedy uh, conversations are done within the terminology of pro wrestling because yeah. I feel like it actually suits comedy very well. Str- Eerily so, it, 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 really, does. it really, really, really yeah. does because it is it is it is the modern vaudeville. It's, it's fucking brilliant. You talk to any comedy person, they know what a heel is, they know what a face they is, they know how to get heat, mm-hmm. they know how to yep. draw money, yep. they know what, you know they know what the hat is, they know that yeah, it's it, it all it, it it's almost a one to one. And so it's like, okay, someone's got to hit by a chair. All right, cool. So I bring a folding chair because they don't use fake chairs and shit in wrestling. They just you pick right. up a chair in the arena. And I also know from reading like uh, Mick Foley, who played Mankind, Cactus Jack, I read his biography. It's like you get a better sound if you hit with the underside of the chair, which is the counterintuitive side of the chair. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you assume you hit with the seat, that would be the way to go. He goes, no, it sounds better. If yeah, you hit I guess with the, the other side, the slight hollowness. Yep. So the so, yeah. so so huh. so the underside just, of the chair. So just so that the listeners get the image in their mind right. So if I'm hitting you, say across the, the shoulder blades with the chair, mm. I'm hitting yep. you with the concave right. side Con- of the yeah. chair well, facing you. You got to yeah. think about side, it. side of the backrest of the chair facing you. You got to uh, no, think the... about it when you clap with a flat hand, and when you clap. With a cupped yep. hand, it yep. makes a richer, exactly. kind of better sound. And so what you're doing is you're getting the underside of the seat. Okay. What you're also getting is the outwardly curved back yeah. of the part you lean on. Okay. So it hurts more, Oh no. but you get a better sound. <laughs> oh, my God. And so having known that, I was like, well, okay. Yeah. So I brought a folding chair to the show. And, you know, because... There had to be a guy. There had to be a guy to have figured this out. Well, there was, because it's it was Mark It's just a bunch Lizarchic. of idiots on stage. <laughs> because what I said was, Mark, come here. And he's like, what? I'm just going to have a smoke. I'm like, that's fine. We're going to go by the dumpster anyway. And he likes to sit right in a folding chair. And I turn around and I go, okay, hold it this way. Now hit me across the back as hard as you can. Because I trust he will not pull it. Yeah. He will swing it as hard as he can. Because he's an asshole. Because one, I want to know if I can do it on stage. Because if I can't handle it off stage, we're not right. going to do it on stage. Because if I get actually hurt or I'm debilitated, we're not going to be able to do this on stage because that's not funny. Right. The moment you bleed on stage, it's not funny. Uh, and so he hits me and it sucks. And I'm like, okay. And he goes, are we good? And I'm like, nope. Turn it around. Hit me again. And he's like, are you fucking. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. All right. And I'm like, and don't pull it. And he hits me again. And I was like, which one sounded better? I think it was the second. And he goes, yeah, it's the second one. I'm like, all right. So, hide that chair backstage. 
and when it's time, Uh-oh. I will tell a very long Shaggy Dog story, which will give you time. And I, you know, and so if there's a video of it. I don't think we posted online. I have the DVD. Where God, I hope so. We're doing that set, and someone's telling a joke, and I just kind of go and just kind of twitch my hand and tap him on the on the leg, and then I walk forward, and you see him walk off to the side of the stage, and I start telling a dumb joke. I think is it, uh, you know, salsa here likes to play duck duck gray duck in an actual park with actual ducks <laughs> duck 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 when he finally says gray duck he takes that actual duck and he fucks it <laughs> and it's not a good joke but what that did was it gave him time to go off stage get the chair come back on stage so the second I say the punchline he's right behind me wound up and just goes bam and it completely drops me to my knees and the audience is like, whoa. And I kind of sit up a little bit. And then the one I'm not expecting, which is the second hit. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Jesus, Mark. Oh, God. Hits me across the back, which sends me on my face sliding down those steps from the BLB stage. If you're ever listening to this, fuck you, Mark. No, no, it was exactly what we needed. Yeah. And I was also not expecting Salsa to run up in his luchador mask and drop an elbow on me. Fortunately, at that point, I was just kind of done for the show, and it was fucking astounding. And the, the part that's a drag is if you watch it on the video, it looks like a guy going like, eh, and just kind of hitting me. But he's full-on baseball swing. It just it, It's hard to sell that yeah. right, in an audience. So what he had to probably do is comically exaggerate it and yeah. to give it the comic violence it needed. It still worked, just because people were shocked. Same thing as like the first time we did the taser bit or the stun gun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like, it is a real thing, you know, but it's... But people, ex- everybody's seen movies. Yeah. Seen, well, worse yet, they've seen cartoons. Yeah. And so they think they know what happens if someone gets hit with a chair. Mm-hmm. And what happens if someone literally gets hit with a chair is they go, what the fuck did you hit with a chair for? <laughs> what happens in pro wrestling and on a Vilton stage is like... Blah, blah, blah. They yeah. launch themselves you know? across the stage on their face. Yeah. and They yeah. fly three feet forward onto yeah. their face. Like, you know, caught unawares, yeah, that kind of, might maybe. Mm-hmm. But no, it's, it's it just sucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But it's, it sounds really cool. That makes <laughs> the pro wrestling show that Vil did a couple of months ago just seem way less cool in comparison. I mean, well, you know, and again, it's just, it's there there are there are certain things that happen if I'm in a show and and mm-hmm. then don't. You know, uh, we did uh, that might have been our second vaudevillification tennis show where I was Pietro the Painless, and we kept having oh. me do feats of strength or whatever. So I had to like rip a phone book in half. And there's a there's a gimmick on that you can actually do. Anybody yeah. can rip a phone book in half. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't know this. There's no, uh, yeah. The uh, there's that. I did something else. And then the, the 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 button on it was the third time I came out wearing just like you know black uh, boxer briefs because yeah. you know I have the kind of physique you should show off. My <laughs> sister once came to a show after like her third one. She goes, "Are you basically naked in all of these?" And I was like, "No, you just come to the wrong ones." Sorry. <laughs> You know, so me and Molly Glover are always just basically naked. Naked, also show. physically just painful, about, yeah. just yeah. for different people. Yeah, and so, uh, <laughs> but, you know, so we're doing the whole thing, and then we were building up to this gag where someone's going to roll a bowling ball across the stage into my crotch. <gasps> and so it's like one, two, and then Beefcake has snuck up behind me with the stun gun. <laughs> and on three, Fuck. just goes... And I'm crappie flopping around the stage. The audience loses their fucking mind. That's the technical you know? term, crappie flopping. Yeah, it is. And so then, you know, like, and everybody's like, whoa. And he weighs just enough for the laughter to die down and then just does it again. Oh. And, you know, we do like two or three of those. And the place loses their fucking minds. And it was perfect. But, oh my God. You know, that kind of stuff, there's a reason that Jackass 
went as many seasons as it did yeah. and made as many stupid movies as and it is did. And it's my fucking guilty pleasure and, go to. Well, Jackass yeah. is the best. Yeah. I wish I will, the show was on Netflix. I miss God, the show. Yeah, the show is great. No, I, but, that's that's the thing where I, I fully steal because he's in. If, if there's a thing I think and it can be said better than me, odds are Pendulite said it. <laughs> um, which is that uh, Jackass is one of the truest expressions of uh, joy and the love of life. Mm that you could possibly watch. It's a bunch of people who love each other dearly, doing silly, stupid, horrible things to each other because they love each other so much mm-hmm. for the benefit of strangers. Yeah. It doesn't get more perfect than that. Yeah. And, and to me, that's that's my performance philosophy, is we're all here to make people we will probably never meet in person happy. Mm. Yeah. And if I can go that little bit above and beyond to make it a thing that they will go home excited about and tell a friend about and make someone else like that, that's that's why you do this that's what yeah. we're here for that's why you, know? you take Advil and ibuprofen yeah, you know, in the beginning the of the day and at the end of the um, day yeah you know we did the uh, the the beggar's banquet uh, a couple years ago out here you know the the show where a bunch of us gross peasants come in and do stuff yeah, and, yeah. Uh, we were trying to come up with a finale and uh, uh, oops the entertainer is a fucking amazing carny that guy's yes. great yes. oh good um, lord yes I need to get an episode with you, you really do that guy is circus as fuck yeah. I've, I've um, worked with him several times uh, the very first Minneapolis I showed did you do show the uh, Human Centipede Human Centipede musical. yeah yeah yeah, yeah Human yeah. Centipede the musical and also the Fringe show no they were both Fringe shows but oh, uh, yeah. the other Fringe show was actually a bunch of carny acts so yep. good where like I a got ten and to, one for the Fringe right yeah, yeah, yeah framed um, in video game motif yes so oh, I got to smart. break a block on his crotch yep. and uh smashed a Bunch of wood on his crotch, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, so again, our, our topper for that final show was like, okay, we you know bent me over a bench, and he <laughs> put some fuel in my ass and blew a fireball off my ass, and you know everybody goes nuts. And the thing is, you know, if you're in the know, that's perfectly normal, perfectly safe, not a yeah. big deal. Like yeah. that's just a thing, because like you know, if you've ever gone to a Renaissance festival or a, a, a street carnival or something where there's a fire manipulator, they're putting fuel on their hand, they're lighting it, and, going, and they're blowing a fireball. They don't burn their goddamn hand off every time. It's because that's okay. You can do that. Yeah. You know, assuming everything goes correctly. There's a reason you can light a torch with your tongue. Yeah, you exactly. Know? You know, you've got a certain amount of time, and there's a certain kind of fuel, and you know, you can do certain things. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm going to protect a certain amount of ways and means because I. Do, this is the thing where I literally don't want people to go home and try it. Right. Yeah. Don't fuck with fire. That, that's no, the listeners, you know? do not fuck with fire. No, if you, just if don't you, do if it. If you want to learn to be that's a fire you manipulator, you find right a very off. talented yeah. fire manipulator. And you yeah. spend the time it takes to earn their respect and be an apprentice. That's the only way to become. <laughs> if it were it, simply a matter of hurting yourself, then we'd say go right ahead and do it. But this, you stand a good chance of hurting other people. You know, a great chance. Who didn't and, sign and, up and for it? The, the chance yeah. of hurting yourself becomes close to one hundred percent if you try to teach yourself. It's, yeah. it's yeah. bad. So, but anyway, so you know, I, we did that and it was fucking ridiculous and hilarious. And so the next year we we're like, okay, we got to you know do some other stuff. And uh, somewhere backstage, this is I think just last year, we found uh, a staple gun. Yeah. And <laughs> Beefcake's like, what do you do with this? I'm like, well, you're going to staple something in my ass. I'm like, duh. <laughs> 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 like, what do you mean, what are we going to do with this? <laughs> the very first <laughs> you know, place yeah. you went and he's to. just like, what do you, what? I'm like, okay. But see, there's, there's logic to that. There's thought there. Yeah. Uh, anything away from bone hurts less. Same thing as getting tattooed. If you've ever gotten a tattoo, closer to your bone it is, the more it hurts. The farther yep. away, from, the more meat there is, less it hurts. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to do something physically to your body, do it where there's more meat. It will hurt less. Yep. And so, and again, with a with a staple, everybody goes, oh my God, a staple. No. A staple with a lot of meat, like your butt cheek, goes straight in and remains in a little horseshoe shape. 
the only reason a staple in a staple stapler or whatever or a staple gun bends over is because it hits something hard and curls. Yeah. Right. So yeah. you staple them thick ass meat like your butt and go straight in. You can pull it right back out. No big deal. Uh, and yeah, so yeah, it's like, yeah. all right, so we're, what are we going to do? I don't know. At some point, just fucking staple something to my ass. So I grab, at some point, we're in the show, and I grab a garbage bag, and I'm, I'm holding around my butt like I'm like a fucking weird tanuki suit Mario. <laughs> and uh, Beefcake runs up, and she's like, k-tunk, and staples to my butt, and I'm, I yowl, and the audience is like, <gasps> and I take like two or three big comedic, like, you know, jumpy steps, and it comes off, and everybody's just like, aww. And without having to say anything, because he's a goddamn professional, Beefcake just holds up one finger like, hang on. <laughs> picks it up I bend over a little bit he puts it on my butt and just goes k-tunk, 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 k-tunk. <laughs> and he sends like seven or eight staples oh, right in my butt right into the butt meat and uh, and I, again I yell and I go running around at some point I, I run past car and he's just like what the fuck I'm like just go with it you know and so we, we finish whatever little bit we're doing and I walk out with this thing still in my ass and so then if you're at the right angle where you, if you're sitting in the Feast of Fantasy you can see those windows you can see in the courtyard me bent over with someone reaching out and just pulling <laughs> individual oh. staples because again they just go straight in like a little horseshoe shape and you can just grab them and pull them out oh. but uh, and again like that they hurt but they're not that bad I mean yeah. it's, it's like a, a bad pinch you know you, you, whatever and again to me that's acceptable yeah mm. to a lot of people that's way beyond what they would do and there's nothing wrong with that I'm not saying that if you don't do horrible things that hurt you you're a bad performer. You're a pussy. Like, no, 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 no. Many, many people that are far more talented than me have very great careers that don't require the slightest form of discomfort because they are better performers than me. If I were funnier, I wouldn't have to do this. If I were more talented, I wouldn't have to do this. And again, that's not to say that folks that do this aren't funny or talented. I'm just saying for me personally, right. yeah, I would prefer yeah. to be funnier and more talented and not have to do this. However, I find that my talent and my funny lies in this. And honestly, I think that if you didn't do it, we probably wouldn't have someone saying, oh, hey, this bit of comedy isn't being fulfilled. Someone should step up. I think that that's something that people choose to do themselves rather than thinking oh, hey, this group is missing it. Right. Someone needs to do it. And that is that, that is sense. also, that that is a, a factor in my decision-making, which is just that the, if an idea is good enough when it comes up and I go, yeah, but if I don't do this, no one will, and I want this to exist in the universe, mm. I will do it. And, you know, and honestly, I think that our shows and I think that the world, uh, or at least these performances, are better for it. I can't tell, or I can't even imagine how many times I have heard told this story of the fireball being blown off the sparkler in your ass. Oh, that's right. That was the second one we did. a whole thing. Yeah. You know, I... That was after the staple gun. Oops. Oops (laughs) told that to me when we were in Centipede rehearsals the first time we mounted that show. Somebody else completely different told that to me later someone who doesn't even work at fest Mm -hmm. and then later at a party i overheard people telling that story and this had to have been a year or two after it happened (laughs) and i honestly think that you know had you not burned half of your ass off you know because those those after pictures were not by the way listeners he literally did burn half of his ass off i saw the skin afterwards you should tell the whole story because you'd be better at it but i mean people love this people were richer for it people thought it was hilarious years after i want to get into that but yeah the uh i'll I'll tell the the slightly short version of that which is we we did the you know a similar bit the next year and uh, like okay, like let's let's do the, you know, pour some fuel on Jake's butt, my character, 
and you know blow a fireball off of it and again like you know I, I know what's going on you know, like I, I don't there's I've never done a bit not aware of the risk mm. and therefore you know if, if something goes wrong I've assumed that risk that's what we're doing that's fine and so and again you know like we said earlier when we were talking about you know doing these different things there's a risk involved but you mitigate the risk and you do the best you can but shit happens and so this is a shit happens mm. and so um, once again bent over a bench and fuel is applied to my ass and uh, you can tell when you're lit on fire uh, which sounds dumb, but th- it does mean something. You get that aura of heat. There, yeah, there's it, because you're not on fire, but you've been lit on fire. Yeah, and that's it's. If you've not had the experience of a certain kind of fuel applied, and then ignited upon you, the, it's a very specific feeling. And I've done yeah. it enough times that you know when that is. And so, like you know, while there's a whole spiel going on, at some point, you know they're going to light you. You can tell when you're lit. You can't feel the. You can't. You're not burning. It doesn't hurt. But you can tell, like, right. I'm now on fire. <laughs> and I was like, okay. So any second now, the, 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 and usually the force of the fire blow will put that out. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of part of how a lot of those gags work. And so I'm on fire, and now all of a sudden I go, we're through the fuel. And now I'm just on fire. And I'm waiting. Oh. Because you have two options at that point. Do you flip out and ruin the bit, or do you wait? And I wait. <laughs> of course, because you're a consummate professional. No, because I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this isn't like look how cool I am story. This is this is just the way this one played out. Yeah. And I was like, this is gonna be over in a second. Suck it up, it'll be fine. And it, it literally the thing is it feels like an eternity, but it was probably literally a second, mm-hmm. maybe two seconds too long. And then still very satisfying <laughs> huge reaction in the crowd, big ass laugh. You know, my compatriots run in and dump water on me for the gag, and I flip about like a crappie again on stage, and it's all fucking hilarious, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then we run off stage, and then everybody's like, are you all right? I'm like, that one hurt a little bit. And then they're like, are you, do you feel okay? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. Like, that one just, oh, God, that sucked. Let me see. And then I turn around, and I pull my pants on a little bit, and someone goes, <gasps> <laughs> and I was like, um, Okay. As if they just saw a fucking, like, you know... It was... There was a very clear difference in the reaction. Mm. And some people went, like, oh, my God. And some people were, like, <gasps> And some people just looked at me and then just walked away. Oh. And it was, like, so... <laughs> so you you were a certain fraction of Freddy Krueger at that point. Basically. And so, like, yeah, I, I had a... I'd say <laughs> roughly, like, you know, right across... You know, just right across where, like, the top of your butt crack is. I had, like, like a two-inch tall by... 10 inch wide strip of just skin just kind of like like bacon it, it literally just looks like bacon oh damn and, oh. and it, yeah that, okay that sucked because that was we still had one more day of fest so, oh this was like, on it, Saturday it was a Saturday night oh, yeah so like the next God morning it was damn like it, oh, of so course I, it was. I bummed some burn cream and stuff from people at cast call the next day and just kind of like the only drag was like my clothes kept sticking to it because like it was it was a seeping wound <gasps> so every couple hours it had to be like and rip oh. From it so that I have full flexibility. Uh, listeners, if you are not puckering your asshole so, right now, you are not a human being. And again, but uh, this isn't about like, you know, this isn't about, no one did anything wrong. Right. And this isn't about like, I'm so cool, I'm so tough. Yeah. This is just like, that's what you are doing. This is yeah. the consequence if, of you know, like, this the, comedy. The physical comedy is not, uh, it's, I mean, it's not to be taken lightly. You know, yeah. anything from, you know, the, the fucking, like we t- okay, anything we talk about so far tonight. Uh, the uh, the nutshot thing. Yeah, you can get real bad trauma. 
Yeah. Getting kicked in the balls. Yeah. yeah. You know, even with a cup, that can yeah. be very, very bad. Without, especially. Uh, you can have um, the staple gun thing. Okay, that, there's all kinds of tetanus and shit. Yeah. I could have gotten from that. Because who the... I don't know how long... Nobody sterilizes Literally, no one knows where that staple gun came from. Yeah. Or how long it has been there. We just picked it up and played it. That's insanely stupid. Yeah. So, like, for those of you yelling at your you know, computer, your iPod, or whatever right now, you, you should be yelling at me, because that was dumb as fuck. <laughs> you know? Um, the folding chair thing. Of course that's a terrible idea. It hits you know? your back. That's yeah, your spine. Your back, your, your fucking kidneys, your, all that shit. Like, yeah, I've got all kinds of fucked up back problems right now. <clears throat> you know, and it's, it doesn't help other than all these things, you know. But yeah. at the same time, like, you just, you know, the, I, I have, the, I'm not blaming him. I'm just saying. My mantra is something I got from uh, a juggler uh, out in Vegas who I, is one of the funniest people in the world, Michael Goodell, who uh, Michael Goodell. Uh, oh, his, yeah. his theory is uh, always go for the story. Yeah. Hmm. And that's what I take. It's just like, okay, you know, two paths diversion of wood. Yep. One of them says, you dress up in a clown suit, hand out halls, circus peanuts, and uh, and sadness out of your fucking sock at a rock concert. The other one is you stay home. I dressed up as a fucking clown at a concert <laughs> yeah. and handed out halls, circus peanuts, and sadness and grabbed people's asses for like three hours. And, you know, yep. I drank tequila until I shit myself in that clown suit on the side of 35W. Like, <gasps> you, know, you, you go for the fucking, you go for the story. Yeah. so, like, it's, and again, like, I'm not, I, oh, this is so weird to try to talk about this. Yeah. Because there's no good answer here. Because the, the thing is, is that nothing I've done is the right way of doing this. Um... There's always a smarter, better way than what I've done. Yeah. And if you want to be a physical comedian, what you do is you go learn clowning. Mm. You know, uh, at our very own Renaissance Festival, Neil Scoy plays Pluto. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, yes. Incredibly actual, talented yeah. clown. Beyond talented. Incredibly talented, actual clown, trained at Ringling Brothers, Barnum & Bailey, Greatest Show on Earth, clown oh, college. wonderful. Yeah. You know, and you have to say the full thing if you work there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, Which is why you never hear him on the radio. Yeah. But... Uh, but you know, like that is a physical performance. You can teach you that, or you talk to Lewis, or you, or Jenna, or any number of people that know stage combat and can teach you physicality. Yeah, you know, you do all these things. You can. The problem is, is that I decided accidentally to do physical comedy, and therefore I came at physical comedy from the side of being a comedian. Yeah. Whereas I think if you know, if I get to have one bit of advice for someone that wants to do physical comedy, is come at the physical comedy from the side of being physical first. Yeah. One, I'm in terrible fucking shape. You know, I'm a fucking 37 year old fat ass that doesn't. I, I can I can barely see my toes, much less touch them. Listeners, he is indeed a bit schlubby. <laughs> but I would say not quite fat. I would say you're slash schlubby. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Fine, you're not cool. quite fat. I'm carrying ass. on only 30 extra pounds yeah. instead of 50. But but no, here's the thing. I'm coming at this from the idea of being a comic and then adding f- physical f- humor. Yeah. I would say if this is something you want to do, start by being physical. Mm. Be in good shape. You know, work out, eat right, stretch, be, you know, flexible, learn, you know, whatever it might be. Because honestly, anything would help you. Yeah. Learn, you know, if you're doing any kind of martial art, if you're doing uh, fucking jazzercise, if you're just yoga, anything of that, the more flexible and pliable your body is, the more... Honestly, the more funny you can be because there are things that I can't do because I just don't have the form for yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So if I have to tumble backwards over a bench, my options kind of go reek thud, which is funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you watch, you know, as we just mentioned, Neil Scoy, who's a trained clown and is in good shape, you can push him and he will just tumble like a tumbleweed. 
yeah. for 10 yards. Literally. And you yeah, will just, go up and roll him like a fucking Katamari yeah. ball, and, and he will just that, roll. Yeah, and I just am physically incapable of that. And guess which one's better? His. <laughs> because that is way... Uh, it's more flexible, both literally and also in your performance opportunities. Yeah. Well, so, you know, and, and, do, and do as I do, not as I say. I gotta yep. say, as somebody who watches you know i very much want to get into this kind of comedy i said when i joined vilification tennis i i would love to be taste i would love to be the one who gets slapped knocked down and yeah. i've done i've done my tie for years i i've been punched but have i've you been dodged hit i've knocked over uh, <laughs> i've done that you know too. what i actually have uh, you know i've had half my tooth knocked out by jenna um there you, go. you know i and i would love to be a part of this, but people find it a lot less funny when a woman gets punched it in is, the face than with a man. It is it is tough, yeah. And yeah. and I've kind of come to peace with that as shitty and as much as I hate it. So I am still mostly an observer in this, and I have to say, watching you do stupid shit, watching Jackass, where they do stupid, mm-hmm. very real shit, for me, it brings a very different kind of enjoyment than watching Neil Scoy or watching uh, Three Stooges or, yeah. you know, these where you, they're doing the physical comedy, but, and maybe it's just because I'm an actor, so I know how the sausage is made, but I can tell that it's not real. I can tell that they haven't no, actually punched them. Yeah. And I feel like when you have that level of realness, that um, verisimilitude or whatever, yeah. it, it's... It's it's funnier to me. It's different. You know, America's funniest home videos is all kids falling down it's and all guys getting yeah. yeah, exactly. And and it's been running for longer than I've been alive, probably. Yeah, they're probably in their what third, fifth host. Yeah, who knows? And uh, I I think that it's difficult to compare what you do to what Neil Scoy does because he is a professional clown with this font of talent and wonderfulness is great to watch, but... And I'm some asshole. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're, literally, that you're is You're a it. guy that I'm looks like... You're, yeah. You look like me. You look like my friend. You look like the guy that hangs out with us at the bar who does stupid shit. You know, mm-hmm. my mom, who I love, I don't know if you ever listen to this, but, you know, love ya. Um, my mom is mm. white trash redneck, and that's how I was raised, and what we did for fun was we would drive shitty cars around until we crashed them into each other and then had to hide them in the swamp so that no one would find out. <laughs> like, this nice. is... I, I feel like it's a very different kind of humor than the, ha-ha, I have tumbled for 20 yards. It's not yeah. better. It's not worse. It's just it's different. Just different. No, it is. Yeah. It, there's, and Yeah, I think you're right. It's just... And it's... It is... At the end of the day, I guess, if I can pontificate a little bit, is mm-hmm. I, we should probably wrap up. Yes. Um, which is, there's only so many things I have to give, right? Um, I always do my best to be clever and be funny. Um, but if I can create mm. a spectacle or a memory or a moment that is going to be unique amongst the audience's experience, well, why wouldn't I? Yes, mm. they. There's nothing more. There's how do you describe it? There, there is. Um, the greatest gift you ever get as a performer is that someone watches your show. Mm. Yeah. Uh, no matter how hard I've worked, no matter how hard my castmates have worked, you know, whatever it is, the person that did the most for that show is the person that took the time out of their busy life to come see mm. our show. Yeah. Now, if you're doing Romeo and Juliet. 
if you're doing filification tennis, if you're doing wise fools improv, if you're doing fucking, uh, you know, the next Bourne movie, I don't care. What we're doing is, please God love me, mm. on stage or screen. Yeah. And that's great. And I respect the people that do this, and I respect people that do it well, and I do my best to do it well. But at the end of the day, the people that really matter are the folks that are the ones keeping my car running. Yeah. The, po- the folks that are making sure that there's food in my grocery store. The folks that are making sure that if I get sick from getting staple gunned, I can go to a doctor. Yeah. There's, there's a nurse at that hospital to take care of me because the doctor's too busy or something else. By the way, to uh, all the ER docs and EMTs listening to this show, thank you. I mean, yes. I've met a few. But, you know, but at the end of the day, like, you know, everyone that has a job, and this is my opinion, of course, only, but everyone that has a job that is not mine, their job is more important than mine. My job is to let them forget their job. Yeah. And if I have to work a little harder to do that, of course they deserve that. Yeah. That's the least I can do because, you know, who else goes above and beyond their job description every fucking day? Fucking everyone. Every single person on this planet busts their ass to take care of their fellow human being and to make sure that all of us get along and are okay. And their things are much more practical than mine. The important thing about mine is we allow them to relax just enough to go back and do it again the next day. Yeah. So, uh, to me at least, I shouldn't stop just short of spectacular if me being sore the next day, the next week, whatever it might be, would make it go, oh, fuck, that would, that went from like, oh, that was pretty funny, to like, holy shit, did you see? Well, they, mm-hmm. they've, you know what, you've earned holy shit, did you see? If you're a typesetter or a oil changer or a grocery bagger, whatever, you know what, fuck yeah, you earned your break from work, because mm-hmm. I know how hard it is to get a break from work. You know, we've all done retail, we've all done, you know, the shitty wage ape jobs where you're just 40 hours, 60 hours, 50 hours, whatever it is, fuck it. You know, if we can distract you from your shitty little life for a few minutes, great. And if that takes a little bit of me to do it, I'm happy to give it. Yeah. So. And well, sermons. That's <laughs> man, that yeah. was like way better worded than I thought that you was, had in you. Like, well, good job, man. <laughs> you know, like the uh, like the Deepwater Horizon drill, way deeper than we intended to go. <laughs> um, wow, nice, but, um, nice pull from 2006, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, clearly that was at least 2012. Um, no, um... Was it? No, whatever, it doesn't matter. I, no, it doesn't, it own. doesn't. It really doesn't, because, like, I, I guess the closing question that I have sure. is that, uh, you know, the kind of the root that, why I wanted you to ha- be on this podcast, because this podcast is all about armed conflict, or unarmed conflict, you know, person v. person, mm-hmm. like, uh, the story that's told when one person fights another... And um, really, or, or, or in this case, when one person fights the conditions, when one person fights the elements, when sure. one person fights Man the fucking nature, yeah. when one person fights the fucking world, when yeah. one, when one person fights, fights a, the foot, <laughs> when one person fights a steel folding chair, sure. you know, um, why do you think it is that we, as human beings, continue to gravitate towards these type of stories? Why do you think it is that we continually gravitate towards? Um, like I, I, I smack you upside the head, and that's Slapstick gonna list the laugh. And, yeah. Why do you think that is? I think, and again, this is just me spitballing, but I think part of it is uh, there's a little bit I think of just uh, 
wishful thinking. Mm. Yeah. You know, because somewhere all of us remember being a child and being like, this guy sucks. And be like, mm-hmm. you can't do that. But, oh, that felt good. And so watching a, you know, uh, a proxy mm. of your boss or yeah. your coworker or your friend or whatever it might be. Fill in the blank. You know, yeah, on stage or on screen, getting their physical comeuppance, it's still, I think, on a, on a deep level satisfying. Mm. I think there's some of that. And I also think it's just an idea of, and this is, again, to, to steal some shit from Pendulette, which I do all the time. And people are really sick of me mentioning him, but I, I always have to give credit to someone else's idea, which is like up Penn or Michael Godot or whatever. Right. Like, I, I will, I try very hard not to steal someone else's idea. But um, the idea that, like, we... Um, how do you phrase it exactly? Because I'm trying not to totally do it. Okay, so... We all watch the things that we wish we could do, or that we 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 sometimes our you know our our lesser selves wish to see, and that's fine, you know. But watching someone enact your id, mm. yeah, is very satisfying because yeah. you know what we do, we are all better than that. I'm a cockeyed optimist, and I feel like all people are inherently good. I think if you know if you walk into a room full of people, they're all fucking awesome. And yet, you know, we can all be like, that was pretty fucking funny. That one <laughs> yeah. I felt because he was being a dirk. But at the same time, if that guy walked up to you, you'd be like, hey, nice to meet you. And you'd be really kind to him. Yeah. You know, because we're good people. Mm. All people. Not just me, you, her. Like, all of us. We're all good people. Yeah. But there's, we, we don't mind seeing a little bit of a villain's comeuppance. And so if you set the table properly, mm. we're also getting to watch the kind of comeuppance that real life doesn't offer us. Because real life plays out like real life does which is oh that wealthy more powerful person that can kick me around is going to continue to kick me around because he's wealthy more powerful than me <laughs> the wealthy more powerful know, person who can kick me the, around I mean, does there's, so there's a reason that that kind of comedy goes back to like you know fucking Shakespeare and yeah. vaudeville and all that it's just like you know even watching, further I think yeah and exactly yeah. I'm sure that goes back to fucking you know knocking shit into rocks because it's just you know so and so has it over on me yeah and that sucks that guy's a dick but no part of my life will fix that guy being a dick and it actually won't help even by me calling it out yeah mm. and thus satire is born yeah and thus underground comedy is born mm-hmm. you know and like I think that's that's older than shit you know so like the, the idea of like you know Ock making fun of Grook the caveman yeah. because Grook has all the ladies <laughs> is the same thing as Lenny Bruce Mm. Yeah, you know, it's the same thing as Gilbert Gottfried. It's the same thing Just as Andy language. Kaufman. It's the same thing as you know George Carlin. Same thing as fucking Bo Burnham. It's, it's someone going, look, here's what we got to deal with. You know, it, 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 uh, God, I sound like such a pretentious asshole, but it is you know at the at the heart of it, comedy is speaking truth to power mm. and getting away with it. Yeah. That's why the court jester lives, right? You know, and so comedy's job is to speak truth to power, and if you can portray the power and get your ass beat, people respond to that. They would never actually beat the ass of that person, or at least rarely, you know. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean you can't laugh at it, you right? Know? There's a reason a banana peel is funny. Yeah, you know, the potential for comedy is constant in the fruit aisle. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Absolutely. Well, with such uh, amazing words of wisdom, uh, we are going to have to wrap up our episode here. Matt, um, please uh, let us know where else we can find you. What have you got going on? What have you got coming up? Uh, um, where can where else can we hear your dulcet tones? Well, I don't know how dulcet. Uh, places you can find me. 
uh, the Apropos of Nothing podcast, which is a comedy chat podcast in the lines of Jordan Jesse Go, which you can find at aonpodcast.com. Uh, horror Show Hot Dog, which is a podcast I do with two co-hosts wherein we watch and discuss three horror movies and a short film each week, which you can find by Googling Horror Show Hot Dog. Uh, News from Honeytown, which is a uh, made-up town with a radio show about it. Uh, it's like if uh, News from Lake Wobegon was funny. Yeah, uh, basically. We have that. Uh, there is also Horror Story Hot Dog, wherein myself and two co-hosts read different uh, short-ish horror fiction and discuss them. Which you can find by Google Horror Story Hot Dog. Uh, in performance-wise, I don't know how quickly this will go up, but uh, in the next couple of months here, you'll be able to find me doing Masquerade at Bernard's, which is a show Fearless Comedy Productions is putting on, wherein we will be doing uh, a Shakespearean version of uh, Weekend at Bernie's. Oh. Which is fucking astounding. Uh, directed by the incomparable Duck Washington. Yes, Duck Washington. The Phoenix Theater near the end of October. Google that. You'll find it on Facebook. Uh, you'll also be able to find me at the Twin Cities Horror Festival, which will begin at the end of October and run through the beginning of November. Which uh, you'll be able to find the Horror Show Hot Dog Short Film Festival, wherein we'll have five nights of short films, each night a different night of programming. Probably uh, my favorite part of the horror uh, festival last that's year. That's very kind of you. Sweet Jesus, uh, yeah. It was really fun, and uh, holy shit, do we have some cool shit lined up this year, many of which have never been shown publicly before, because we contacted the directors of last year and said, do you have something new we can show people? Yeah, We've gotten a bunch of responses. So there will be things we'll see for the first time here, uh, as well as some of our favorites we've talked about either on the show or watched but not talked about on the show. There's going to be some really, really cool shit. Excellent. Um, While we're on the subject, yes. I have to take a moment to plug the Soap Factory's Haunted Base. Also, if you are a Twin Cities local, you are committing a deadly blaspheme if you are not going to this Soap Factory's Haunted Basement during Halloween season. It was so fun. Yeah. You you absolutely owe it to yourself to go. I'm terribly sorry, Matt. Please continue. (laughs) Matt Alex, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Alex. (laughs) Matt Alex. I just laughed and hiccuped and then beer went up my nose. You see, you see, ladies physical and gentlemen, comedy. you see, physical comedy is enacting itself for you right here on the airwaves. <laughs> Turns out it takes an audience of two. Yeah. So, anyway, I, actually, I think it was near my end of my list. Um, yeah, I think it's about it. Otherwise, excellent, awesome. excellent. When in doubt, check out uh, Facebook for Fearless Comedy Productions or fearlesscomedyproductions.com to find out what we're doing. Oh, duh, one more thing uh, Fearless Lab. Yeah. Second Tuesday of every month nice. at Honey in Minneapolis. Where you will find uh, fearless folk and others doing stuff that is meant to be funny and has never been tried in front of an audience. Uh, it can be anything from stand-up, spoken word, music, uh, sketch, anything at all. You will find uh, all kinds of crazy shit happening. The only, uh, the, like I said, the only common denominator is you're trying to be funny. And it turns out, most of the people we know are really goddamn funny. Yeah. yeah. Best of all, pay what you want. Show up. Throw a dollar in the thing. Throw five dollars in the thing. Throw nothing in the thing. We don't care. Just show up. Mm-hmm. Be an audience. Enjoy yourself. And uh, have a couple drinks. Watch some comedy. And at the end of the night, you'll be impressed. I swear. It'll yeah. be awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. You have the personal guarantee from Matt Alex himself. Thank you so much, man. Oh, my God. I so really, I really appreciate finally getting you on this <laughs> podcast, man. Like, you have no idea. It only took a year. Exactly. We're well, paying I mean, the favor for all the podcasts we've done. I mean, yeah. You're only starting to pay off your debt, fucker. <laughs> you asshole. All right, fine. Anyway, um, in the in the uh, immortal words of Bill and Ted, ladies and gentlemen, fight cast, aficionados, fight aficionados, whatever we gave you. Fight NATO. Oh, so fight NATO. 
bookends. Bookends. Don't we love bookends? Um, please uh, take care of yourselves and each other, and uh, party on, dudes. Yeah. Isn't it? Be no, I'm not going to correct it. Eat Just the fucking stop. Take care, man. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Go above and beyond and follow us at Fightcast Podcast, and check out our blog and new episodes at FightcastPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Now go forth and conquer.